Hi, my name is Carcia. Welcome to It's All Connected by Her Castle Girls. Hi, my name is Telly, and we're the Her Castle Girls, founders of the Bright Mindset Project. We are your mindful mavens and soulful sisters. Bright Mindset Project is a community that promotes the living your best life lifestyle through mindset, spirituality, and wellness. We believe that when the mind, body, and soul are taken care of with intention, we live the best quality life. We have the power to amplify our mindset and spiritual practices, become more magnetic, follow our authentic callings, lead in our own energies to become that version of our higher level selves that we know we can be. Our principles are based in personal and mindset development, spiritual practices, unconscious mind modalities, and yeah, some life experiences too. Cool with a bit of woo. Madeline Chung is a freelance journalist, registered psychotherapist, and founder of the Represent Asian Project, a platform dedicated to celebrating, advocating, and elevating Asian representation and voices in media and beyond. We met through the fashion world as content creators and lovers of fashion back in the day. Since then, I would say we've all really allowed for our creativity to soar sharing the importance of mental wellness, especially for communities that are often silenced. Maddie even interviewed me once for a lovely piece she did for Flair magazine. So it's really great to have her on It's All Connected by Her Castle Girls today. And she's a whole lot more. She is a whole lot more. And she is a great friend of ours that we met through the fashion and lifestyle content creation world. So we are so happy to see our friend elevated, doing all these amazing things. And thank you, Maddie, for joining us today on It's All Connected by Her Castle Girls. Thank you so much. Wait, when was, when did we meet? How many years ago was this? Oh, dear. It doesn't sound like a long time, but when you look at it and look at it all the a, things that have minute. happened. Yeah. It was a minute. It was a minute. It was a lifetime ago. I feel like we've known you since like our fashion week days. Yeah. Fashion like, week days was 2011, 2013. Yeah. Really? I think it was I feel like it might've been 20, like earliest 2014. Yeah, maybe 2014. I would say that too. We've known you for a long time. <laughs> we've known you for a long time. I miss going out with you two and like just eating at the restaurant and laughing about <laughs> some ridiculous things. About crazy things. Crazy we thing. we have spent many a times on the downtown streets talking just about talking and laughing. the craziness of, of just being in Toronto. <laughs> yep. Which still a crazy place. Even more um, so now than before. <laughs> um, but you know, what is what I do find interesting though is how much we have grown and how much we have sort of figured ourselves out mm-hmm. in in a way, right? Definitely. Like we are definitely not the same no. people. Um, <laughs> not anymore. No, not, not anymore. Sure. A, a lot has changed. Yeah. And 
Um, with you, Maddie, uh, Tully and I are so inspired by the the movement that you have created with Representation Project. Mm-hmm. And what I want to talk about first is what inspired you? Like, what got you here to this point? Because I think people need to hear that story because it's You're an inspiration, amazing. girl. Inspiration. You're gonna you're gonna fill the people right now with your inspiration. A lot of people right now. We're ready. You know, it really stemmed from me finally being proud of being Chinese. I think growing up, uh, I grew up in a very very white town called Whitby, Ontario. Its nickname is White Bee or Shit Bee. <laughs> so that gives you a uh, an indication of, of what it was like back then. It's, it's changed now, but back then, and like, I really, you know, there was barely any people of color in my high school, very few Asians. There was like a group of black people, maybe Latino, et cetera. Don't even really think so. It was the majority white. And I think growing up, you know, surrounded by white people, growing up at a time when media was very white and standards of beauty were very Eurocentric. They still are, but it was like more so back then and really not seeing people who looked like me represented in a positive light. You know, the people I would see on TV who are Asian, it was a very stereotypical character. So all of that, I really started to resent my identity, my racial identity. And that's like really hard you know, for me to admit, I admit it a lot, but I mean, every time I say it, I'm like, I wish young Madeline wasn't like that. But I think as I got older and as I started to come into my own, and then also, you know, I think 2018 was like really a turning point for me because I had just decided to like quit my job or I quit, decided to quit my job the year before. In 2018, I was really focused on going back to school for music therapy, which is like a whole aside because anyways, I was having an existential crisis. I was like, I don't like what I'm doing anymore. You know, the fashion and beauty world, like I loved it, but I feel it's not fulfilling me anymore. So I decided to go to music therapy, but 2018 was also the year that Crazy Rich Asians came out. And I feel like that was just such a huge moment for the Asian community. And I remember, going to the theaters, I remember that Simu Liu and Andrew Fung from Kim's Convenience, they were like, hey, we're gonna host a night at um, Young and Dundas movie theater where a bunch of us are just like, buy tickets and we'll all just get together and watch this movie together. And I will never forget that experience to be in a theater full of Asian people and allies and seeing ourselves on screen and just laughing and crying at the same moments, I was like, wow, like I've never been so proud to be Asian and like proud of my identity. And I felt like, you know, I felt that sense of community that I lacked my whole life. Um, So it was around that time too, I really started to write about my racial identity. And I realized that what I was writing really resonated with a lot of people. So I thought, okay, this is the direction that I can go in. And then I was in the middle of doing school um, and I think it was, I was doing my first placement for music therapy and doing your first placement is like very stressful because you're like basically thrown into like a therapy situation (laughs) and like you're doing therapy and you're like, I don't know what to do and I don't know what I'm doing and you plan forever and then everything that you plan goes out the window because like in the session things just go awry. So I remember I was just so exhausted one night and all I wanted to do was sleep. 
and then I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and turning in bed. And then I just had this kind of light bulb moment of how I wanted to create something that I didn't have when I was younger. I wanted to create a publication that was full of Asian faces. I wanted to see a feed, even though we didn't have Instagram back then, but if we did, a feed of like just Asian people celebrating them, celebrating all of the cool things that they do. So then I was like, I have to do this. And then I was like, I need a name. And I, I thought represent Asian project because I really loved that term represent Asian. And I was like, I really want it to be about that. So it was like two in the morning at this point. I was like on my computer, just like securing domain names and like trying to create a logo on Canva, but I have like no graphic design skills. It was like a really awful logo. And I just like could not sleep because I was so excited. And I just started to like write all of these ideas down and I thought you know what I really think that I have something here and I started messaging like my friends who were in graphic design I'm like can you design me a logo because like I really want to commit to this I tend to get all these ideas and get super excited about them but then after I'm like oh my god this is too hard and too much work and I like drop it but this one I was like no I really want to push myself to do that yeah so the passion oh, was there, right like yeah. it was, mm -hmm. there was a deep feeling that it was like this can really be something big and this can be something really good and it was funny because you know i had started the instagram and then i think it was yeah it was march 11th 2020 that i launched the website and march 11th 2020 was the day COVID was declared a pandemic uh, can I just? Okay, yeah, I want to stop. There's a lot going on. Because <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. I just, we're just trying to yeah. hold in. I want to make sure that Ooh. listeners, people watching, understand. Yeah. <laughs> you led with a calling, and there's oh, a lot girl. of divine and spiritual intervention there happening is. here because it happened right when you, right when the community of Asians needed support. Please Same continue. time. Continue. So, wow. And that was the funny thing, too, <laughs> wow. because first, you know, it launched, and then, like, that evening, it was like, COVID. Is it, I think it was that evening that it was like, Tom and Rita Hanks have tested positive, wrapped, like, NBA's canceled. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? I just launched a website, and the world is like imploding. And then at first, I was just like, oh, well, shit. Can I swear? Oh, yeah, it's okay. fine. Okay. okay. I was like, <laughs> shit. Like, no one's gonna care about my website. Like we're in the middle of a global pandemic, right? Like, you know, there's like bigger things in the world right now that like literally that we all need to worry about. And then what was interesting was the Asian hate started, you know, mm. the, the talk of Asian hate was starting. And I remember seeing it a bit on my feeds. I remember some people sending it to me and I, I think, I mean, this will be an aside too, but I think in that moment, I really realized like, oh, this is what it really feels like, you know, to be, to be hated for your race. And to be honest, it really got me thinking about the black community. And, you know, I think the Asian hate stuff was really more so towards the end. Like we really heard of it more so towards the end of 2020. Mm. And all I could think back to was when George Floyd was murdered. And there was so much guilt and shame there because a lot of me was like, wait, how am I supposed to speak up for my community when did I not do enough for the black community back then? You know, like, did I, was I a good enough ally? Should I have spoken out more? How are some ways that I should have supported my friends 
in which I didn't. And truthfully, like I, a lot of times too, it's like, I didn't know how to, Hmm. like I didn't want to ask about it. I didn't want to ask them to educate me. I didn't know how to approach it. Like I thought about you two a lot, you know, like, and I was like, what are ways that I can show up, but without overstepping boundaries? And I think it was something just so new to me, this like thinking about allyship in that way. So when the Asian hate started, I was like, can I even speak out on this? Because like, am I going to be a hypocrite for not having done that for other communities? Not just the black community, for like indigenous communities, for everyone, right? Right, right. Yeah. And and then I kind of realized, you know, we can't stay silent about it. Like we really, I really have to speak out a bit on it. And it was tough because it was so triggering, right? Mm-hmm. As you know, it's like yeah. a lot of people come to you and they want to learn more. And again, they're like well-intentioned, but they just don't know. And a lot of people were sending me like, news articles about attacks and stuff and they're like oh my god I can't even imagine like I'm so sorry and I almost was like wanted to tell them please don't send me this because I just I cannot cope with it I really cannot cope yeah um so it was interesting though because I think as you said there was some sort of divine timing because this really came at the perfect time I think for the Asian community and we saw that early 2021 when Mm -hmm. the Atlanta happened yeah Right. And that is, it's so funny because a few days before that, I had posted an infographic about anti Asian racism in Canada. Because mm. everyone was talking about it in the States, but very, very few people were talking about it in Canada. Right. Um, That's true. Yep. There was an article on Chatelaine by Isabel Docto, who uh, has written for me before, and she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Catherine Singh, a really good friend of mine who writes for mm-hmm. Refinery 29. Um, she had written one for Canada and I was like we need to kind of spread this more and like let people be aware that hey this is really happening in Canada too and actually there are more attacks in Vancouver like per capita than in the states that's what I heard yes but we don't hear about it so we had posted this infographic and then a few days later the Atlanta attacks happened so then I think like we, we went viral like that post went yeah. viral and people were sharing it I think people I mean well-intentioned people but also you know when things happen there's those performative people who are like I need to share something or I need to you know so but it was again very overwhelming because everyone was like a following blew up over like overnight in a matter of a few days and I was like okay I hold a big responsibility now because there's a much bigger audience and I need to find a way to support these people who are looking for support e people like hey can you talk on the radio about this or can you talk to me in an article about this and I was like I mean yeah I'd love to but also like there's just so much right like it's so much I didn't deal with my own pain around it or grief around it and I remember that week the end of the week because I had done so much work I just broke down and cried on the phone with my yeah. yeah like let it all out yeah you know what is the greatest obstacle for people in the Asian community to step into things like therapy like yeah. healing like mm-hmm. inner work because when this stuff is happening you know, you're taking in all of this energy like a sponge right you're seeing people that you love people that are related to you, people that look like you, that are going through this thing. And- You almost feel like almost helpless. Right. In a yeah. way. Right. And you have people, cause 
very much like the black community, you know, mental wellness and you know mental health therapy is not we we're not out here talking about it with you know our best you know I'm not here talking about with my best black girlfriends and you know you are probably not talking about it with your your best Asian girlfriends so what is it like in the Asian community in your opinion right now when it comes to mental health and and wellness I think we're really seeing a shift towards pushing mental health and wellness in the Asian community because I think historically, like, again, it's very taboo. It's something you don't talk about. There's a really interesting saying. So my Cantonese is really bad, but there's a a saying in Chinese and Cantonese, probably Mandarin too, where it's like, you have to swallow your bitterness. When things are happening that's bad, you just swallow it and you like, don't show any signs of weakness, you don't, you know, I think there's a study like a that like, base almost. yeah, I think there's a study that, you know, in cancer patients, they found that like Asians, I don't know if it was Chinese specifically or Asians reported less pain, but it wasn't because they were actually in less pain. It's because they didn't want to express the experience, oh, wow. right? And I think, you know, there is, I think a lot of like Asian millennials are realizing the importance of therapy, of unpacking this racial and generational trauma that we've experienced, um, especially living in a world filled with white supremacy that has, you know, put us in a box as this model minority where we put our heads down and work hard and don't speak out. But I think what we've really seen is like the Asian community has really come together and is starting to feel more empowered to speak out. I know I am for sure. Definitely. Yes. Um, And I think that it's, you know, for me, I was so lucky with my mental health journey and that I had a mother who really supported me. So, you know, at 18, I was so depressed, like so depressed. I was my first year of university. I wasn't coping well. I would like, I think after my final exams from like May to August, I would sleep until four, maybe wake up and eat a bit and then like just go back to bed and just like be in bed. I was like really down in the dumps, but it wasn't a matter of like my mom saying, well, just go outside because I had a lot of friends who their parents are like, there's no such thing as depression. Like just go outside and you'll be fine. But she was like, okay, you're not okay we're gonna get you help. We're gonna go see a doctor. We're gonna figure this out. We're gonna get you in therapy, et cetera, et cetera. So I've been really lucky in that sense. And I think that's part of the reason too why I wanted to go into therapy was because I wanted to destigmatize mental health. Because for me back then too, I was very ashamed of being depressed mm-hmm. and like talking about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to Girl, there's so much, yeah. there's so much relations. I know the shame. <laughs> It, yeah. The shame is the shame There's is a lot of shame. The whole, you know. Especially as someone who has always been a perfectionist and always wanted to appear very put together, it was like I can't admit that I'm depressed. Like right. you know, or also like you know, my life is good. What do I have to be depressed about? Like you think about that too. So I think again, part of the reason why I wanted to go into that is to help destigmatize and just normalize therapy. I truly think everyone needs a therapist. Everyone. Mm-hmm. I agree. Everyone. Even if you no matter think how your, your life, life is. is perfect. Yep, no matter what your life <laughs> is like, everyone should yeah. see a therapist. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And it should be as normalized as seeing a doctor. A Absolutely. Doctor. 
Oh, I agree. That's good though. I'm so glad too, because you know, with more Asians, more Black, more Indigenous people that get into therapy, the more easier it is for yes. our people to come in and say, yeah. okay, they look like me. Right. So it's easier to unload to you than it is to unload to a white person oh, who yeah. has no idea. Yeah, my, what... my first therapist was a really old, old, old white German man. Mm. Because yeah. He was old. Like in good old. That's all there was back then. Right? That's like, how it was. Like an old yeah. white man. Yeah. When I was, you know, in my very early 20s and I needed yeah. a therapist, that was as close as it was yeah. gonna get. Right. <laughs> you know, old white man. I couldn't even find a woman that was in her mid-30s, you know, even closer to my age. Like the age. it was yeah. an old white man. Oh dear. So oh, you're yeah. right. The the world of mental health, the world of wellness, it's just now that we're beginning to see faces that look like ours in, in this industry. Um, because before, yeah, Mostly Caucasians and no yeah. offense, but you know, we go through, oh, come on now. <laughs> what is a white man, I'm sorry, what is an old white man gonna understand about what a young person of color has gone through? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Maddie, thank you. I'll say it, like. Thank you, and it's true, idea. just saying. Yeah. yeah. Why would they? Well, right? and, then, well and that's it too. Why would they? Exactly. It's not their fault. Like, right. why? They could never understand. No, they, they could they never understand and they can offer what they can. They can sympathize. Right. But at the end of the day, I remember that, you know, that therapist very, after a while, he introduced me to a woman a younger woman that was teaching different modalities ah. and because he saw i believe he saw that there were some things he just could not but that's what makes a good therapist right that's you have to recognize okay this is beyond my scope of what i can do yeah. and you you refer them or help them find someone that can you know work with them and will will meet their needs yeah exactly exactly yeah. so i'm just happy that you you followed that calling so now here you are now you know you're you are now at basically standing in the gap yes um representing in a way that you know that is inspiring others but at the end of the day th there are still days that are going to be challenging for oh, yeah. you and every day, day is challenging <laughs> right and you're like <laughs> i day. why did i pick up this this burden why am i why so, am i in the gap <laughs> yeah how do you heal after a challenging day or a challenging situation mm -hmm. how how do you get yourself back in the vibe to help and be of service i think the one thing first that keeps me going is just knowing that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Mm. Like I think about this so much of like every single thing in my life has truly led me to where I am now and has played a part and that I know that it's just like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this is, this is my calling and I don't regret all of the steps that I took in the past because they, every little thing again, has helped me to like shape who I am today and what I'm doing. And so I think, you know, things are challenging, but again, I just have so much passion behind it. I believe in it so much that I'm like, yeah, it's going to be challenging, but I'm going to keep doing it because I love it and I believe in it. But I mean, on those especially challenging days, um, I just got a Peloton, so 
I joined the Peloton club and I, I think like exercise for me has always been imperative in my mental health. And like, of course that's been so hard during the pandemic with gyms being closed and Mm -hmm. classes. I used to love going to classes and like, I used to do Muay Thai and boxing. Wasn't good at it, but loved it, Um, (laughs) you know? And so I think, you know, that really, really helps me. Um, Journaling too really helps me. And I know that, (laughs) I know that I really have to journal when I don't want to. You know what I mean? It's like you really are like facing what you don't want to face, but it's oh, like you gotta do this. You gotta do, do it, girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to meditate a lot. I haven't in a while because I think my nervous system has just been so heightened lately. It's been so hard for me to to sit. Okay. And sit. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to therapy regularly, so I see my therapist twice a month. Good. Um, and then I just got a puppy and I feel like that has been like such a joy. I mean, it's been your joy. Please tell us your puppy's name and yes. tell us the breed. Oh, Everyone so will want to know. His full name is Ralphie Loren. He's named after the Ralph Loren Paul. Ralph Loren! Yeah, because my my friend is obsessed with Ralph Loren and the polo bear. And he's like, I want a dog that looks like the polo bear. So we got a dog. He's a mini golden doodle. He's like four and a half months right now. He's a piece of work, but I love him. <laughs> of work, but yeah. he's so lovable. And you guys have a on your Instagram. Like, I just love how you dress him. And- oh my gosh, of course yeah. I have to dress him. I still have that, like, I mean, I stopped writing about fashion, but I still love fashion. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yes, girl. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that I think you, you know? can't take away from yeah. a fashion yeah. person. It's yeah. even though we're doing different things and we're yeah. enjoying it, we still, we still love Fashion, yeah, you know, yeah, we're still gonna enjoy it, and you know, yeah, if we have dogs or children, they're gonna be be best dressed, stepping out in their fashions. (laughs) To be honest, I do think that as much love as you can put around you, the the better. And if that means, yeah, like getting a new pet, or you know, like having friends closer to you living closer to you or doing whatever it takes to bring all the love you need in your life because the world without it it's really hard to navigate it is it's a dark place it's a lonely place so it's always good to have familiarities around that help to lift your spirit yeah and i'm really lucky that i have like such a good support system like a really system you know a lot of my friends from my therapy program they're great because they they they're therapists so like they're great to talk to or like you know I have a group of girlfriends who are in media too and they're also you know women of color and it's so great because I think so much of my life has been you know my friendships were like rife with competition and you know these women like they're all working in media they're all doing amazing stuff and we all like truly just support each other to the max like we are each other's biggest cheerleaders we will you know drop in the group chat of like hey you know i'm having a tough time with this or i need a gut check on this post that i'm doing what do you think and like everyone will be there right away and then we also talk about all our pop culture stuff because that's what we love yeah Um, so I think that too really keeps me going is just like having this really good group of friends who support me and you know it's 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 so important to feel supported. It's so yes. Cool. Oh, I love that girl. Yes, I, I think that, that that's part of the 
the reason why sometimes people feel alone is yeah. because they truly don't have that support system yeah, built and they feel that well I'm going at it alone and if I were to disappear no one would miss me because you know these feelings come from a place of people feeling like no one is there right and I'm it makes me feel really warm and, and happy inside when I hear Definitely. people say I have a really good support system because that's part of your recovery that's part it of your, your daily thing yeah your strategy to to continue yeah. living yes. and surviving in this planet so it's really good to have a solid support system yeah I so, so love that what's one of the boundaries you set up for yourself so you don't burn out because <laughs> you do a lot Maddie so I'm going to be completely transparent in that I don't have all my shit together. <laughs> like, you know, Girl, thank you. none of us do. No, I do not have my, exactly. I, I burn myself out a lot because I take on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Partly a, I think there's a people pleasing side to me still. That's like, okay, I don't want to say no to things. And it's I hard to let go of that. It is. Yes. You know. Yes. I think B because of intergenerational trauma, there is like, I grew up with a very like a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundance mindset. So there's always this fear of like, I have to collect everything because if I lose something, then at least it's still full, but then it ends right. up just like too much to carry. Yeah. Um, like too much to carry. <laughs> and so yeah. I do want to preface that like, I don't want to come into this podcast as like, oh, I have all my shit together. Oh, yeah, like, no. I like do all my wellness practices. Cause like, no, like, fuck, I forget to take my <laughs> supplements all the time. Like, I'm like, girl, oh. just take your supplements. Like, take your supplements, they're <laughs> helpful. But I forget, like, sometimes, you know. Um, but I think what I've really learned now is being, is like moving away from that scarcity mindset and being in this, you know, abundance mindset I have this really wonderful like mentor coach slash therapist her name is Brooklyn um and she's just amazing and truly like an angel on earth and she really taught me to like reshape that I'm busy because she's like you know you kind of brand yourself as like I'm busy I'm busy I'm busy and she's like what if you were to think of that as like I'm in a season of overwhelming abundance and I was like, oh, I love that. So that's now when people yeah. are like, how are you doing? And I'll, instead of being like, oh, I've just been so busy. I'm going to say, I'm in a season of overwhelming abundance. <laughs> oh and, and, and that's what it I is. And it. I think that, and mm. tell you said the word goddess. I think yeah. as women, if we were really looking at ourselves as goddesses, mm -hmm. yeah. we true. would move in that energy because that energy yeah. is a lot more flowing, flowing and a lot more like not only am I receiving so much but I'm about to receive even more yeah and, and it sounds less stressful yeah and yeah it's less <laughs> it's not stagnant and you're sitting yeah, in a desk shoulders up like this on Zoom I, all day. I still do yeah. that but <laughs> if when you talk about you know those boundaries I think now I'm in a place too where I feel comfortable saying you know what no that doesn't I can't take that on either I can't take that on it doesn't align with what I'm doing or just doesn't feel right and I don't have to take it on and that's okay and I don't have to feel guilty or bad about it because I can only do so much and that's okay I can't do everything I wish I could I wish I could clone myself so I could do all the things that I wanted to do but I can't and that's okay because I think the other thing that I'm really learning is that I'm human and I'm trying to learn how to have more compassion for myself because again I always had this like perfectionist 
mindset. Brooklyn also, she's so great with all these terms. She's like, she calls herself a recovering perfectionist. And I'm like, I love that. Uh, yeah. Like, so, it's still yeah. there. I'm still recovering yeah. from it. I'm trying to let go of it, but I'm still recovering from it. Um, so I think that's like a big boundary for me. And I think one that's been harder for me because I don't like confrontation and I, I don't want to like hurt people. It's just trying to let go of the people who do not serve me or who, you know, have maybe a negative energy to them. And that kind of brings me down. Yeah. Um, trying to just create more space from those people and really devote my time and energy to the people that I really care about. Yeah. And love as opposed to, you know, just giving my energy to whoever because they're asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Those are the things that I try to put in place. But again, it's like, I'm just trying my best. <laughs> that's all. And at the end of the day, that. that's honesty. And, right there. And, we're all just trying our best. And you know what? You you're doing your best you're doing with the resources you have. Mm -hmm. And I think once everyone gets to that point where it's like, we're not seeking perfection. Um, because we're not that's not what the journey is about. No. The journey is about living a life that is as full as you know it can be and as enlightened as it can that's be that's it I mean, we're not here to be perfect we're here to we just live every you know one step at a time that's it and enjoy the moment while it's here that's it that's now maddie you've given us so much gems Girl, but a lot. i'm gonna ask one more uh question i'm loving this um what has been the yeah, best yeah, advice yeah. or wisdom that you've ever received mm. that's a tough one I think I think to just accept the journey mm. and to go with the journey and to approach it with a sense of, you know, curiosity as well as compassion. Like compassion is a word that I've been I've been thinking about lately is just being compassionate for myself, compassionate yes. for um, others. Um I think yeah, accepting the journey and Another really great tip that I got before, again, this is from Brooklyn. She is a goddess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Is, you know, when your ego is there and like speaking to you, she's like, you kind of, or you're like anxiety or whatever. She's like, treat it as like that anxious best friend that you're like trying to calm down. Like you're not, don't be <laughs> mad at her. Just be like, you know, hey girl, like I know you're feeling it right now. And like, that's okay. And like, let's just sit through those feelings and, you know, go through them. So I really like that tip. It's hard to put into practice, especially when you're in a heightened state. Yeah. But yeah, it all comes down to just accepting the journey and having compassion for yourself, being gentle with yourself, not being so hard on yourself. I think, you know, I'm really trying to learn how to to soothe myself and to almost reparent yeah. myself in a way that is compassionate and gentle as opposed to something that is like expecting perfection. Um, mm. And I want to be able to to learn how to do that so that like if I ever have children in the future that I can, you know, I don't pass on that, that trauma that I've had. Mm. It's like something really important to me to try to, I know I'm still going to, of course, we're all going right. to be perfect. There's always going to be something, but I want to be able to heal it as much as I can yeah. so that I can be the best person that I can be. 
Love that. Love that, love Maddie. that Maddie. <laughs> this is for our listeners and viewers, this is why we love Maddie Addy Addy. Like she- I love you both. Maddie, thank you so much for sharing Aww. all that you've shared with us today. And I hope that everyone watching and listening, I hope that they really, I really love this, you know, acceptance of self-compassion because yes. it's something that as humans, we haven't been taught. It's not taught in school. No. We're not taught, be nice to yourself. We are taught to judge and criticize ourselves yeah. and be our worst critic. And yeah. I think- and we're also like taught to feel guilty for taking care of ourselves, oh, right? Yes. yes. You know, yes. don't feel guilty yes. for it. Don't feel guilty for don't it. Like guilty. you want to lie down and take a nap? Take a nap. Right. <laughs> I love my nap. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, it's like that whole thing with I'm, so I'm happy for my people that are waking up at 5 a.m. every oh, morning man. to jog. I'm like, go, girl, go do what you need to do. I'm happy for you. <laughs> However, I will not be a part of that group no. because I need my sleep. I, I need love sleep. as much sleep <laughs> as I can get to do what I do. So yeah, yeah. don't make people feel bad if they want to wake up at like... Or, or 10 a.m. Or 10 a.m. Which is... Well, I love that club. I mean, 10 a.m. Yeah. is a great time to wake up. Yeah. Try you it You go all your hours in and you feel good and refresh. <laughs> yeah. I need like eight plus hours or I'm not okay. Oh, girl, yes. I agree. I'm here for the eight hours or yep. more. And uh, yeah, like what is right for you is right for you. That's it. Um, and don't allow people to tell you different or make you feel bad about it. And Absolutely. also don't judge people for that, for what they need to do to make themselves feel good. That's right? you. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's you. And, and that's the thing, right? When you're practicing self-compassion, um, you usually start to show compassion to others without even really realizing yep. you're doing it. So when you're practicing self-compassion, you become Naturally. less judgmental. Yes. And you just say, you know what? That person's doing they're doing, what they, they're doing what they want to do. Yeah, and that's okay. And if they're happy, then I'm happy. Exactly. And none of my business. So <laughs> let that person live. <laughs> let them live their life and that's live your it. life. <laughs> Maddie, can you do us a huge favor and let the people know where they can find you online and how they can support yes. Represent Asian Project? Yeah, so um, on Instagram, it's represent Asian project, all one word. I'm Madel at Madeline Chung, and then the website is representasianproject.com. Um, so check it out and give us a follow. No YouTube, so no like, comment, and subscribe, but please like, comment, and subscribe to <laughs> <laughs>
We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to listen next week. We upload the podcast every Thursday. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on YouTube. Watch our videos on mindset, motivation, business, and life. And if you feel called, subscribe to our channel. We are on Instagram. Follow our handles at Girls and at Bright Mindset Project. We would love to work with you. So check out our website, brightmindsetproject.com. Book a clarity call, book a one-on-one session, or ask about upcoming on-demand courses. We appreciate you and all the love and light to you. Bye. Bye.